so you get these do you get you get the text from the the cam girls i get all the text in the from mass the cam groups girls. like the spam ones not the ones you're intentionally like searching for but i'm <laughs> talking about like the spam ones where they're like come look at my thing and then you get like other people like texting but like please stop stop take off my phone number like i teach sunday school what's wrong with you and like the mass texts stuff like that is that what that is yes it's holy spam. shit it's spam is what it is but you know what i say Huh. Welcome everyone to Excitement Inc. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. This is a nerd-centric podcast where we talk about movies, TV nice. shows, and video games. Not necessarily in that order, but we do our best. And you can support us in doing it by going to patreon.com slash excitement inc. There is so much to catch up on right now because we are getting back in the rhythm of things. It's been a pandemic. We tried to do shows online via Discord. Did not go well. <laughs> So, we're back in the same room. I have a voice that was not meant for Discord. Yeah, uh, or an internet connection. It blows out an internet connection. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Stupid sound gate it, blocks th- me off. And cuts yeah. my sentences. It was a little hard to do, but we're back now and that's all that matters. Bit of a struggle. Yeah. Now we're in it. Yeah. And we're asking for your help on Patreon.com slash Excitement Inc. I probably won't say that anymore. Maybe at least just once. Maybe on our way out to remind you. I'm sorry. We need help. This is very expensive to do. It's pricey. Yes. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot to catch up on. We're going to try and make your money worth it to you. We're going to try. Give it to us. Maybe. Give it to us so we can give it back to you. Yeah. Real good. There we go. Is you give it to us, we'll give it to you. We're going to give it back to you. We'll reach completion in a circle together. We're going to give it back to you so hard. Rich, what did anyway, you watch? I watched all of the things. There's so much to cover. Now, here's here's the beautiful thing is yes. that um, I don't know if you've heard about like AMC like in the news at all or in the th- Reddit. Somewhat. I know. Like I know that. that the stock markets blew the theater uh, chain like back into the sky after it was like crashing. And that hold, was funny. hold the line. Hold anyway, the line. no, it's funny because you say that, but like I printed out a meme on my wall which is the lord of the rings so if any of you who don't know about this um amc was crashing because of the pandemic it was already not doing well financially in the first place the theater chain and then um some stock market uh folks on reddit said hey let's go blow this up destroy some hedge funds because fuck hedge funds they're basically just greedy shitty places for greedy people to get more money on nothing and uh, accept the misfortune of others and uh they said reddit everyone go here and they blew up the stock and i now to this day you say hold the line but i have a meme that i printed and put on my wall <laughs> that is the the one where it's legolas Gimli back to Legolas. It hems deep. Yeah, yeah. That that meme that format deep, yeah. where it says Legolas it says, "I never thought I never thought I'd be tanking tanking hedge funds side by side with a redditor." <laughs> to which Gimli says, "Daddy Musk gonna take us to Mars." <laughs> <laughs> and Legolas going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and that is the meme. <laughs> Excellent. Very nice. <clears throat> Excellent. Yeah. Anyway, so if they didn't know, they know now. Exactly. <laughs> well, I've been doing my bit to support in that I reinstated my A-list subscription so that I can see three movies a week for the price of essentially two, and it's a month. For the price of two movies in a month, I am now seeing three movies a week. Yes. Nice. Killer deal. Which means I am seeing tons and tons of movies in the theater. Yes. Good stuff. Yes. Lots of good stuff. Notably, last night, I went and saw Adam's Family too. Yeah. How's that? 
Not as good as Adam's Family 1. The first one was pretty good. We watched that, too. The first one was excellent. Yeah. The second one was meh. Was it? It was okay. Like a lot of animated sequels. Pretty much, yeah. It was very meh. Yeah. It was the Hotel Transylvania 2 of Adam's Family. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) And and, and Hotel Transylvania is amazing. Yeah. In every sense. Yeah. And I greatly enjoy those movies, so. Yes. Is it enjoyable? Yes. Is it like... I'm gonna just gonna quit talking about it because if you, you didn't know, if you didn't like, have if you didn't have AMC uh, premiere would would you have paid good money to see that Yeah, I would have paid money would, to see it. Would you have been mad that you paid good money to see that in the theater? I wouldn't have been mad. I would have. I wouldn't have been mad. I would have just been disappointed. Okay, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not okay. mad about it. I'm just kind of. Was it so bad it was, you wanted your uh, your? It your was not two Transformers Two: Revenge of the Fallen Bad. Okay. It was not Revenge of the Fallen Bad. Okay, cool. So Continue. we're there. Anyway, one of the really good movies that I've seen since reinstating this is Free Guy. Free Guy. Free Guy. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen Free Guy? No, I haven't seen any. You movies would theater. really dig Free Guy. Really? It's Ryan Reynolds yes. is an NPC who becomes a PC. All right. <laughs> essentially, NPC in the video game. No, he's an NPC in, in the, the video life. game, yeah. and he um, starts changing the game by leveling up, and he. It was not what I was expecting. Uh-huh. The way that it went, I was expecting something different. And I'm glad that it went the direction that it did because, let's face it, a PC or an NPC taking over a video game is a little bit weak. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of places for that to go in True. a movie. Yeah. They took it into a very good place. Oh. And so I was like, okay, I am not mad at this yeah. at all. And Taika Waititi's in it, and I'm... Anything with Taika Waititi's yeah, in it. Yeah, he's in it. It was it was good. It he was, was in, he really was in Suicide Squad, too. The Suicide Squad. He was in the Suicide not Squad? Not Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. He was in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah it was a little Where harder to recognize there? him. He was the, the uh, Rat Catcher 1. He was the Rat Catcher's... Uh, Dad, who okay. said, "Who said we identify with the rats because they are even as That's important?" That's right. That was Taika Waititi. That's right. I gotta watch that movie again. Yeah, me I too. Did, I did see that in the theater. It was probably quite the experience to see Starro that fucking big on the screen. Seeing Starro that big was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was a fan of that. I yeah. was like, okay, not only did they do Starro, they did Starro right. Yes. So I was way on board for that. You know, just in case anyone doesn't fucking know um, this, The Suicide Squad is an amazing movie. (laughs) Like, It's very good. So good. I think it's easily my favorite DC film now. Easily. I can see that. Yes. Yes. For me, as someone who's not as dedicated to you at, to the DC grouping. Oh, no. I, I think you could arguably say that statement based solely on the presence of TDK. Yeah. <laughs> and TDK. because of the performance of mm. some of the other DC movies and they still haven't learned because they're rebooting Batman yet a fucking again. Yeah. It's just like, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. At mm-hmm. this point I have seen Bruce Wayne's parents die more than Bruce Wayne has. Yes. <laughs> we get it. And he has flashbacks. So, yeah, he's that's a dedicated. Thing. He's fundamentally broken. Yeah, 
in a way that should not no. be admired, and yet let's watch another movie about him. Yeah, if we don't have to watch Uncle Ben die anymore in Spider Man, then we exactly. shouldn't have to watch. You know what I mean? Like, not that technically we had to watch Uncle Ben die that much because they didn't do it in the Amazing Spider Man, and they nope. didn't do it in the third set. So no. It's kind of fine, but it was always a reiterated theme in the original Spider-Man. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if No Way Home is just Uncle Ben dying over and over and over and over and over and over. And <laughs> it would over. be really funny if they snuck it in there, but let's be honest. No Way Home is going to be something else. It's going to be something else entirely. I, yeah. yeah, I digress. Yeah, I okay. watched a preview for it in the movie last night. Yeah. And I was very like, oh, uh, boy. All hell King Shark. Yes. Plain and simple. I'm I'm all about that. Yes, that that is how DC passes the wife test, because after we walked out of the movie, guess what she was searching for? Yeah, the King Shark merchandise. Exactly. Yeah, and my it's funny because generally, like, my wife and my mom, who lived with us for a few months, would not generally be into that kind of stuff either, and I knew Sylvester Stallone was voicing King Shark. I knew Idris Elba was in it, and I knew fucking James Gunn made it. Yep. We were all set. I knew we would be all set, no matter what. So. Big, big surprise for me. She was not looking for Starro masks. <laughs> I was looking for Starro masks. So I wanted can, a Starro yeah. mask to just slap on and go, you cannot defeat us. <laughs> <laughs> we shall conquer you. That's funny. That's yes. funny. No, um, I, I, I think the Suicide Squad was better than the Guardians of the Galaxies. That's a bold statement, my friend, but I'm mm-hmm. here for it. Yep. I was really, really... In, I I appreciated Starro way more than I thought I would. Yeah, me too. And the fact that he was actually, like, also a super intimidating villain. <laughs> super intimidating. He was always laughable in the comics. Always laughable. I believe it. Because it's where it's slapping on a starfish. It's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. literally slapping on a starfish. Yes. And for those who listen to the other show, you know I'm all about the starfish. Jesus anyway. Christ. <laughs> ah, welcome to Extreme Link. Anyway, what else did I watch? Oh, I don't know if you 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 were aware of this or not, but uh, there was another season of Rick and Morty. That, uh, no, there was, and I haven't been able to. I've watched the fourth season, the most recent fifth season. I only watched the first episode because <laughs> that was the only one that came out. But now here's the thing about Rick and Morty: mm-hmm. when the fir- when the new season drops. All the fans shit on it. Really? Right when it ju- right from jump, they will shit all over it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they watch it again. And then they watch it again. Yeah. And then they watch it again. Yeah. And it becomes the best season of TV ever released. Oh. And then they watch it ad nauseum. I wasn't aware. That's where I'm at. Oh, okay. Because holy shit, the things they do in this season! I believe it. I don't even want to. I don't even want to spoil anything for you. I just kind of want you to watch. I'm gonna have to because holy shit! Yeah, and and season season four. I mean, I thought couldn't get better than season three, and then season four is like easily in its entirety better than like all of the last three seasons combined even i felt like season four in itself was a season's worth of like 10 out of 10 episodes oh absolutely and as opposed to where one two and three was finding its footing had probably in itself in its entirety seasons one through three you know 10 10 out of 10 episodes but season four was definitely that for me and 
I felt the same way about like the first episode of season five when I watched the one with Mr. Nimbus. I'm totally down to watch more. I just need to find the, you know, I'm, I'm, I usually wait for them to come to a free streaming service because I don't subscribe to Adult Swim. Right. And it was free on YouTube. Right. To watch. Speaking of which. Yes. Comcast mm-hmm. and Adult Swim. Yes. Can both go fuck themselves super hard. Oh, yeah? Based off of Rick and Morty. Why? Because when I when it first started, first episode, boom, right there, in my queue, ready, rocking, yeah, boom. Yeah. The next week, oh, Adult Swim is in a different price tier. Oh, my God. So you're not Comcast. subscribed to Adult Swim anymore. You don't have access to Adult Swim anymore. You have to add that channel to your package. One week after the premiere of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. fuck yourself. You know what you did. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you did. You do. Fuck and that shit. you roped me in because I got to have my Rick and Morty. You got to have your Rick and Morty. So I was, I was roped in. I was in. I was down. Got it. Boom. I believe it. But it pissed me off because I was like, how is it you're timing it like this? Isn't you that the worst, it? though? That is the actual worst is when they're like, oh, guess what? Yeah. Here it is. And it's like that twice is, as much. Okay. That is literally how a crack dealer works. It is. That is exactly how a crack dealer works. <laughs> okay. Congratulations, Comcast. You have become the scum of the Reagan administration. <laughs> you you just went and torpedoed the anti-drug thing by being like, oh, okay, we're going to jack it up now that you know you're addicted. Fuck you. Anyway. Fuck you. Anyway, <sighs> you know, and it's okay that like there's you can't talk about certain shows for the same reason I can't talk about what we do in the shadows, right? right. Because I've watched the first six episodes of season three, mm-hmm. and I'm in love with them, and I think that this season is easily by far the best. Yep. But again, I can't I can't say anything. At least you know we can tell each other it's a safe watch. You know, as opposed to like, eh, season's a little bit iffy. You know what I mean? Right. It's still a thing of where like you already knew what we do in the shadows is like good, but there's a lot a lot more world building in this season of what we do in the shadows. It makes it good and things taken in directions you would not fucking see them going. And there's some really really interesting character moments that I'm sitting and hooting and hollering at the screen. Oh which yeah, is pretty amazing. I'm gonna watch it. Kind of the same way I was freaking out over that season, that episode of uh, season four of Rick and Marty, I think, which is to date my most favorite one will be of the snakes, <laughs> the snake episode with the snake jazz. I love when they do episodes like that uh-huh. because those are episodes that would have gotten cut if they didn't make them longer. So true. And a lot of, for those of you who don't know, the snake episode is essentially about like, it was just the most random shit. A space snake bites Morty. They have to go to a different planet, switch it out with a different venom. They accidentally cross pollinate the snake genes. And then when that snake ends up on a different planet, the human snake that will eventually make sentient life snakes that will eventually invade the cosmosis (laughs) in its entirety in snake war. 
the whole process plays out like a fucking Indiana Jones movie or like a fucking where you're watching everything play out with the snakes. And there's this one shot of a snake, just like in the fucking movies where the snake in the trench coat and the fedora shows up to the scientist snake giving a talk. And he stands at the top in the dark moody light for a long fucking second. Like it is a classic film where it's this dramatic moment of snake and fedora watching scientist snake and scientist snake knows it's time the the fbi's taking him in and there's that oh. classic pose i could not stop laughing <laughs> when, the, when the snakes at the top of the stairs and movie oh. lighting fucking christ that episode oh but this isn't a rick and morty show continue it is not a rick and morty show <laughs> But they, they did that a couple times where they had to add animation, but they didn't have to add dialogue. Yep. Because in Snake Planet, it's all hisses. So there's a good section of the show yep. that there is no dialogue. There's aside no dialogue. From... <laughs> Hilarious. So, sorry if that was incredibly loud. I apologize. <laughs> I, I tried to back off. It's okay, Mark. So I have been trying to get back to what we do in the shadows, but... Netflix decided to drop two, two separate Masters of the Universe reboots. Really? Yes. Damn. Oh, yeah, because one of those is uh, made by Kevin Smith. It is. Isn't it? It is. So there are two separate, distinct Masters of the Universe series streaming on Netflix. They are both very, very different. What a day and age it must be to be a rich. I am on board for both of them. Yeah. There are a lot of fans that are shitting on both of them. Yes. And to them, I say, go back to the classic, if that's the way you want to be, and see how horrible that shit is. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't go back. I mean, if you if you like good, entertaining television, don't go back. Mm-hmm. We were being sold toys. That's all that show was. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's not great at all. The original He-Man going back and watching it. They have like the goofy soundtrack behind everything. All of it. So it's this boing, boom, and just weird fucking just goofy noise yeah. is the entire backing soundtrack. Doesn't yes. matter what is going on on the screen, yeah. whether it's dramatic action, silliness, whatever. Yes. It's all got this goofy fucking music oh, no. behind it that makes it impossible to immerse yourself in the scene. And take it seriously. And take it seriously. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you say that show was, you know, made to market toys. I think the internet is a cesspool of ne- negativity. There's always going to be the complainers, you know what right. I mean? But is the show good or both of them good? One better than the other. Both of them are very good. Yeah. In my mind. The the Kevin Smith continuation, it's not even a reboot. It just continues on with the story. That's cool. So it's and it's in a hyper stylized animation style and everything. And in the first episode, I mean, mild spoilers, but if you're at all into this, you've already seen or heard. He-Man dies in the first episode. What? Yeah. Nice. He-Man's dead, like, from jump. Wow. And it's following Minor Tila. spoilers, guys. Minor spoilers. The title character fucking dies. And <laughs> the story follows Tila. 
cool. as she's trying to get back to some semblance of normalcy in this world. Cool. Okay. Where wow. the most powerful man in the universe is gone. And in defense of you sharing that fucking spoiler, like that's kind of what in defense of your spoiler, that makes me want to watch it. Exactly. <laughs> that's the. That's and I the had no intentions of until that. So just hearing, oh yeah, the guy, the most powerful man in the universe, this guy that launched this show and everybody's following, he's dead. Episode one. Wow. Fuck yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> watch this shit. See, and that that I'm totally fine with that is because it drives me there. You know, as opposed to like there, it seems like there's a lot of like creator masturbation of killing their heroes. Where like you know, um, Han Solo got killed off in the first episode of you know Star Wars. That was like. I feel like I was J.J. Abrams doing it because he could. I saw one the writer of Star Trek Generations in a little like behind the scenes say he killed he killed Kirk because he could. Like he was like I'm killing my own hero. And sometimes these things have to like make points and stuff. But I worry that creators are a little bit too fond of going back and, and killing their heroes just because they can. You know, like there's a part of me that feels like it's a little masturbatory for them to do that. But for it to happen in the first episode of a series really tells me that a lot of thought actually went into it and how to make it a special show yeah. in its own way and might still slightly be masturbatory but that's just me putting my two cents into the idea of killing the main characters as soon as you get back into the fucking show you're getting to fucking make another iteration of i digress continue they're good shows they're good shows now the other one that's just masters of the universe is a true reboot it's like a it's like a multiverse situation where we're seeing a different eternia a different he-Man, a different Masters of the Universe. That's cool. Set up in the same way, but just skewed enough that it happens in a in, almost in a multiverse. Hmm. And I'm here for it. It's super entertaining. It's really, really good. It makes me want to buy those toys. <laughs> That's funny. To make sure that it continues. Yes. Because make no mistake, if you want your properties to continue, don't just watch them. Buy the things that support them. It's true. That's kind of why sometimes I buy a video game and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get to play this anytime soon. But if I bought it, then they know that I want it. Exactly. That should only be a small tick mark in the percentage, the point zero one percentage to build it up. But a little help can go a long way. Yes. Yes. Okay. The original iteration of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that I grew up on. If I hadn't bought the toys, if everyone I knew hadn't bought the toys, it would not have gone past one season. Yeesh. It would not have happened. Okay. The only thing that kept that show going was toy sales. And it was the same thing with Thundercats. And it was the same thing with G.I. Joe. It was the same thing with Transformers. And it was the same thing with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. If you hadn't bought the toys, if no one had bought the toys... Never would have happened. Never would have continued. Speaking of continue, you should continue. I'm going down your list. It's a long list. I have a long list. It is a very long list. So there's a show that I watched with my wife called Clickbait. Yes, I saw previews for that. Holy shit! Yeah, you can't spoil it for me. Is that show a roller coaster? Yeah, because I saw the premise. It's a bit. It's a bit. Oh, it's tough. 
it is super tough because it follows different people in one core story. And Mm -hmm. the core story is that this guy is kidnapped. A video is posted of him in his kidnap section. And it says, when this video hits 5 million views, I will be killed. I am a horrible person. I cheated on my wife. And then it goes from there. And things start coming out about him. Things start coming out about him. Things start coming out up about people around him. Which is driving people to go watch the video. And it's driving the video more and more popular. And by the time you get to the end of the series, you are just like, oh, holy fuck. Does it put you on the edge of your seat real good? This could be anyone. That's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Wow. Okay. It's not just about clickbait. It's about catfishing. It's about social media. It's about the impact that a digital presence has on a life. So you're you're saying take this show as way more than face value. Absolutely. Okay. This the show is a roller coaster. It is so well done. And by the time it gets to the end, you think you've got a bead on it and you don't. You've got no clue. By the time you you get to like the third to last episode and you're like, okay, I know. I know exactly what's happening. And then you watch the penultimate episode and you're like, oh, fuck, was I wrong? I have no idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have no idea where this is going to go. I have no idea how this is going to end up. What the shit? Yeah. It's crazy. So I highly suggest watching Clickbait. Okay. And then, um, yeah, there's a bunch of shit on my list, but what have you been watching? <laughs> no, we don't have to go fast. We can, I, right. I mean, being that we're not even, we're not even like a quarter of the way through your list and we're at 25 minutes. I don't, I think we're gonna have to split up episodes. Oh, okay. So well, it's not here. that, not that you need to take a, you know, like an incredibly long time on every single thing, but you know. All right, here we go. My scale of one to five on all the things I've watched. Malignant two. But let's talk about that because I watched it too. You watched Malignant. I watched. Well? It, I did watch Malignant. Did you the rate other it night. better than the two? That's, oh yeah. Really? Yeah, way high. Now listen to me when I tell you this. Um, it has its faults for sure. That dialogue in the beginning was almost enough to make Sarah turn it off, and Sarah adores James Wan almost more than me. And she was like, "Oof." Dialogue in the beginning, super rough. I don't know who wrote that movie, um, but I'm not looking it up, and I don't want to shit on anyone because who's to say that the dialogue was who wrote it? Who could say, you know, that you know James Wan didn't say say something stupid here or a producer? There's no way to cast blame when you're watching a, a film just because of the way everything tends to happen differently in the cutting room. But um, I still thought Malignant did have issues determining kind of where it was at in terms of theme because by the end it's a fucking action movie it's kind of dumb in that way i still liked the premise that we, which we won't say without spoilers because not everyone can have the time to see movies and it's been less than a month since you know right. malignant came out it came out on my birthday right um i will say that i did like the premise i will say i also guessed it like oddly early on 
Um, not exactly to what extent it happens, but I felt like there was enough layering in the twist of the movie that it w- did end up being clever and unique by the end. And for that reason, I do appreciate it. Um, I do appreciate the cinematography in the film in the same way that I appreciate the cinematography in like The Conjuring's. Which James Wan is good at working in very good, you know. That was the one saving grace for this movie to yeah, me. Yeah. So, I mean, you must have hated the, I guess you just hate the concept. There, okay, there's always a little bit of suspension of disbelief going into one of these types of movies. When yes. you go into a conjuring, you're able to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Yes. Okay, and then depending on how well the story, the plot, the cinematography every aspect of the movie is you can stretch that suspension even more Mm -hmm. okay like i did not think i would like a conjuring movie to the point where i was like i'm not even gonna bother watching them because i don't think they're Mm -hmm. my speed Mm -hmm. at all i have now seen conjuring conjuring 2 none conjuring 3 double made me do it all of the annabelles i've been watching all of these things because i was so impressed with the first two conjurings yes the first Conjuring really, really impressed yeah. me. The cinematography got me on board. The story construction, the plot mm-hmm. drive, every aspect of it was so well done. Bob's got balls. That it just kept me going. Yeah. Good stuff. That's what pulled me into Malignant. Yes. There was a point where my disbelief could not be suspended anymore. Oh, really? And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I'm out. I'm not on board with this at all. Where you're just kind of like, uh, time's up. You had a, a certain amount of time to catch me, and it's gone. It was or it was a okay, minor, minimal, minimal spoilers here. The jailhouse threw me. Did it? Yeah, fair enough. Okay. That that was the scene where I was like, "Oh come on!" Uh, the mur the I murder can't even, spree. I can't even do this. House. This is not... right, but that's right where it became an action movie. Exactly right where it became an action that movie. And that's what I was talking about. Where I'm just kind of like, I was watching the end of it. And I'm like, okay, so it's an action movie now. Like, I guess right. As soon as they didn't, it was, and it kind of sucks. As soon as they didn't have any more to share, any more secrets to expose, any more you know plot twists to share, it suddenly becomes a literal fucking action movie and yeah. as as opposed to where this you know um villain of the movie whether it be a ghost or a monster we're not fucking telling you a man we're not telling you um is still like in its own way was creepy in the way it behaved before when it became an action movie and starts slaughtering I was just kind of like, okay, now it just looks dumb and goofy. Exactly. At the end. There it so, is. So, which it kind of, up until that point, I thought the movie was awesome. Really. Exactly. That's where I was. I was yeah. like, okay, I see it. Yeah. I see it happening. I see the Still, layout. I'm on board. I'm digging this. I'm getting it. It's great. I'm on board. ton of shock factor. The overhead shot of the house early that. on was fucking amazing oh, yeah, that was cinematography awesome. was so brilliant yeah where they do that I whole was, shot of it like following through the entirety yeah, of the fucking house all through the floor plan it's just a top-down yeah. shot as she's going through the house mm-hmm. and it was just spectacular i was like this is yeah. why i see his movies what i hand to him the most is the fact that the movie keeps you guessing for a long time because yes i guessed it early on i could not have fathomed to what extent i was correct and in which way it was applied right so 
show this this monster. So I thought it was pretty pretty cool the way it's in your face the whole time. But then you're also equally like, is it? No, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm, nope, I'm right, but I'm wrong. Well, and there was this there was this underlying theme of looking for a connection in family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and he employs that against us, and he employs that against us. But there's, I thought the direction was going to be embracing that familial co- co- connection, yes, and basically like the murder spree would continue because they, she. Yeah. Sympathized and then was on board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that did not happen. And it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Meh. I, I The minute it became an action movie, I was like two right. out of ten, though. Or is that two just out of five? Two out of oh, two out of five. OK, cool. I, I could have given it a three point five out of five for sure myself. But that also leans towards seven, seven out of ten. But OK, <laughs> well, no, I'd give it a solid six out of ten. There we go. Yeah. I mean, just because of the early and development, the cinematography, uh, a lot of things were done well. I yeah. mean, James Wan, we know his name because he knows how to make a good fucking movie. He knows what he's doing. He does. And those were employed throughout the majority of the movie. But holy shit, was I just out. Mm-hmm. Once that scene hit, I was just like, okay. Okay. So okay, that's where I'm at. Yep, continue. All right, did you see Nighthouse? Nighthouse, no. On a scale of one to five, I'd put that at like a three point five to a four. Okay, it's definitely in your wheelhouse. Is I think you would dig it. Oh, okay, I'll watch it. Um, Don't Breathe Two, Electric Boogaloo. I need to know about this film. About Nighthouse. No, oh, about. I need to know about Don't Breathe too because I, I know the director has said out loud that th- despite his role in the movie, that the blind man is not to be seen as a hero or a redemption arc path. That he is very much an anti-hero. I have not made a point of trying to see it in theaters or online because I have no interest in seeing because of what he does in the first film. I'm sorry. I don't want to see a redemption arc. Tell me if I'm wrong. You're not wrong. But is the movie that? It is. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> it, I mean, he's definitely not someone to... He's still a villain. Spoilers for a fucking five-year-old movie. In the original Don't Breathe, the as, the idea is that there's these anti-hero thieves sneaking into a house, but what they don't know is that the blind man used to be a Marine and he could easily kill via sound, hearing things. What they don't realize is when they get into the basement... That he is trying to procreate himself, another daughter that he lost in an accident via a girl that's been kidnapped that he is keeping in his basement. Awesome plot twist to an amazing movie. Um, Turkey baster with man juice in it. That's what he was doing to this fucking girl he was keeping in his basement. Now, and the 
correct me if I'm wrong, the girl that was being kept in the basement was ultimately responsible for him not having a daughter anymore. Yes, he was okay. taking it out on the same girl who killed his daughter in the car accident. Now, he if was I not remember. He was not looking for revenge. He was looking for justice. Basically, he wanted to be made whole for her crime. Yes. And that's, I mean, wrong way to go about it. But yeah, that's ultimately his premise mm-hmm. was that he was looking for pure, blind justice. Yes. Okay. Keep talking, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you will get you will get no okay. relief from so, me. <laughs> all right. Here's this is going to be spoilers for Don't Breathe Too. There are spoilers here. I'm about to go forward. Stop me if you wish, but I'm going to spoil this movie for you. It's so, I almost, I don't want you to if I'm wrong. Is it a good movie? I mean, I bought popcorn. Mm. It sold popcorn. I mean, that's what it was. It's not a redemption for him. Is it a Terminator 2 as to Terminator? Is it an uh, aliens to alien? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, um, Is it a cash grab? Well, now, see, there's the question. Because ultimately, I loved Terminator 2 way more than I did the original Terminator. So did you and every single person on and the face of this fucking earth. That's true. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Okay. And I guess he it's is, not fair to compare it to that extent, but you know what I did mean. Did he get over his did he get over his kidnapping to replace his daughter? No, he did not. Mm-hmm. Is he the easily the worst person in this movie? No. Is mm. he easily the best person in this movie? Fuck no. Yeah. Okay. There are there are things that he does that are in line with his character. Okay. There are things that happen in this movie that are not in line with his character okay so, is it a cash grab yes should <laughs> i should is it worth giving a shot it's worth giving a shot okay <laughs> okay this I'll is not a, a this is not a walter white oh shit he's you know he's been a good guy i kind of do they try to actually do they actually try to redeem him in this fucking movie though no Okay, then I, you know what? I can get on board with that. As long as they're not trying to re- redeem a complete piece of shit, then. No, okay. he's, he's still a piece of shit. And as a person who needs, you know, I'm constantly saying shades of gray and things aren't black and white. I should probably give it a shot. So I would give it a shot. Yeah, didn't see that. I mean, I obviously did give it a shot because I went yeah, and saw it. Yeah. But then again, it was like, okay, I've got two movies knocked out this week. Fuck it. I'll see it. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> what else thing. you watch? All right, I already talked free guy. Jungle Cruise. I watched Disney's Jungle Cruise. I almost, almost paid for the Disney Plus VIP to nah, see it. Almost. Don't. Yeah, no. that's what I thought. No. Kind of. It's Pirates of the Caribbean light. Anyway. Okay. Heard. Uh, Space Jam. I asked you to watch it. You asked me to watch it. Purely because spoilers for a three-month-old movie that was free on HBO Max. Um had Rick and Morty in it. So I was like that. I didn't want you to pass up on that because that is an awesome fucking movie when they're getting the game back together in space and they throw Taz back at the spaceship and Rick is like, where the fuck did you get this guy? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Keep him. We don't want him back. <laughs> that was easily the 
most enjoyable part of Space Jam to me was the entire collection when they're going through the WB universe, finding people in the different universes no, to no. take back. The minute Rick and Morty show up on screen to the minute they leave screen. Wiley e. Coyote as Meh. one of the, in Mad Max Fury Road. Meh. Did you not like that movie? I haven't watched Mad Max Fury Road. Yet. Ooh. I have it. I just haven't watched. You it haven't yet. watched fucking Fury Road. Not yet. This is an actual crime. I'm gonna. This watch is. It. I'm gonna stop the recording. We're no, gonna uh, watch it. I'll, I'll watch no, it. I'm stopping the episode uh-uh. so we can watch Fury Road. Uh-uh. I'll watch it later. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> what else you watch? What else you watch? What else you fucking watch? So okay. I don't care. Obviously, can we you watch like Fury Space Road? Jam. Or, <laughs> obviously, you, you enjoyed Space Jam much more than no, I did. But no, not entirely. I I liked that sequence. I like when Looney Tunes get to be Looney Tunes. Yep. And then the CGI comes in with Don Cheadle getting to use. Two uh, percent of his acting prowess to be a typical boring villain, and they cram in all the extra stuff. I I didn't mind the end where they were where you know uh, LeBron loosens up and says, you know what, we'll get Looney, let's do it, Looney, and then they're all being goofy on the court. That was cute, you know what I mean? But yeah, ultimately it's a cash popcorn flick. You know what I mean? It's it's a Space Jam movie. It is one hundred percent a Space Jam movie. I think it's worth watching once. Now. I truly enjoyed the first Space Jam. You actually really? I actually really enjoyed it. Really? And I understand how people would enjoy this one mm-hmm. based on how much I enjoyed that first one. Perfect. I understand it. Okay. It's not for me. Got it. And I understand that it is not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The The Suicide Squad we've already discussed. Old. Didn't get to see that one, but it's M. Night Shyamalan, right? It is M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. It is definitely, definitely M. Night Shyamalan. I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing right now in the way you're saying that. Because he's his work has been incredibly hit and miss recently. Super hit and miss. Yes. Was this a hit or a miss? Oh, it was a mess. Oh, no. It was a miss. The premise, and this is what M. Night does great. The premise was there. It was solid. There wasn't enough story behind that premise to really get me on board. Which is kids going to a beach, and when while they're all on the forbidden beach, uh, they start to grow in age and get old quickly. Yeah. Okay. The premise of this was that there is this hidden beach at this resort where you have to come by special invitation. You show up. You, they tell you about this secluded beach that mm-hmm. only insiders know about, mm-hmm. and then you go there, and it turns out you cannot leave. There's Seriously. an electromagnetic dismissal thing going on there that you cannot leave this beach, and time is sped up. Hmm. Time is sped up to the point where hours are days. Slash years. That's why the little boy goes swimming, comes back as a teenager. Yeah. Okay. Yikes. Yeah. They, within a span of mm, 45 minutes, movie, or not movie time, but like that time, in a span of 45 minutes, he has sex, impregnates the girl, she gives birth, the baby dies. Oh. Because this is all happening in the span of 45 minutes. You oh, know, wow. when a baby is born, 
it's hungry and needs care and you literally cannot feed a baby fast enough in this time loop in this passage of time you Yikes. cannot feed the baby fast enough wow. to keep it alive it just doesn't happen jesus okay wow okay okay so it is a crazy 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 premise and then at the end of it the twist is meh okay I mean, it's an M. Night movie. You know there's yeah. going to be a twist. You know that's his signature mark. The twist is just meh. Okay. That sucks. So. Kind of like eh. The Happening. Yeah. The Happening had a very meh twist. Yeah. Okay. Like, I actually appreciated the twist in The Village more than I did old. I don't know why people shit on The Village. I, I thought The Village was fine. I thought fine. The Village was actually yeah. pretty fucking good. Yes, I, it was. I dug it. If, I, if I a twist it can, for a long time. If a twist can flip the entirety of the movie on its head, it's technically a good twist. Yeah. As opposed to like Lady in the Water. It's more of like, oh, this is all a coincidence. Yeah. You know? See, that one I... Happening. That one oh, I skipped. This is... Happening, I skipped. For the longest time, I skipped The Village. Then I went and watched it and I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. This is actually really, which I would argue has some of like the most like heart pounding, long drawn out sequences of terror in a lot of his films. Yeah. So, I mean, but you know, continue. And I mean, I am on the record for being a huge fan of the Unbreakable Split Glass trilogy. Yes, that it we is. Are I'm a yes. massive fan of that. I really enjoyed all three mm-hmm. of those movies. Old was a miss. Mm-hmm. Got it skip it go on to his other stuff black widow i was a large fan of in fact i just bought it and you liked it i enjoyed it yeah, i enjoyed it I, I thought it was it was it was thoroughly good um it's but my my office mates have ruined marvel movies for me <laughs> i'll tell you why they're they're anime yeah they're largely anime uh-huh and I was watching Black Widow, and this is a very minor spoiler at the end because they spell it out for you in the first place. But at one point, Black Widow tries to punch the villain and stops short and says, I, and the villain says, I have a pheromone that makes oh, yeah. it so you can't touch me. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, it is an anime. Just a mm-hmm. bullshit made up rule out of nowhere. Fuck like that. I was so I was like, oh, OK, here we go. Black Widow wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't, you know. I am surprised that it took your coworkers to ruin that for you. I don't watch a ton of anime. So granted, I, didn't, I didn't make the I didn't make the connection more than anything. Granted. Yes. I I have come to expect this because of two words at the front of every one of these movies. What? Marvel Studios. <laughs> it's a fucking comic book. True. Comic books. And anime are the same thing, just two separate cultures. Yeah. This is comics. They will always do something. There's f- several rules to comics. Yeah. One, you can make up any arbitrary bullshit rule you want as long as it pushes the story forward. True. Two, no one stays dead ever. It ever. just doesn't happen. Mm-mm. Never. Yeah. Okay, even bullshit characters. I'm surprised they kept Bucky Barnes dead as long as they did. Yeah. And ultimately, he wasn't dead. No, he wasn't. Because for the longest time growing up, it was nobody stays dead except Bucky. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've thought about it up until this point. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of time until Robert Downey Jr. shows up in a Marvel movie 
as Iron Man resurrected and people lose their fucking minds. They will do it. It will be a surprise. It will be a plot twist. I doubt that they will be like, here's Iron Man 4. He's not dead. They wouldn't do it like that. But No, no, no. He will end up in a a post-credits teaser of some kind or, you know, as an actual, like, plot element to one of these movies in a crazy, crazy way. Oh, I'm calling it right now. You want me to call it right now? I'll call it for you right now. And you're probably going to be 100% on board and be... You're already expecting what I'm going to say. I know you are. Yep, ready. He's going to be the deus ex machina of No Way Home. He's going to show up at the very end and be like, oh, hey, Peter, take out all of the bad guys and everything, reset the timeline, done. Potentially, yeah. It's it's going to happen. That'd be interesting. It's going to happen, and then... Well, I mean, since it's clearly Sinister Six... Yeah, as the villains in this, it's they're gonna need all the help they can fucking get, mm-hmm. and, and the way they're not talking just about just Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, the way they're talking about the drones as the big push for No Way Home and why he's wanting to reset his timeline and everything. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the trailers. In which case, what the fuck are you doing listening to this show? Yeah. The way they're talking about how the drones killed Mysterio, the drones are responsible for all this, and the drones are Peters and everything. No, this is going to come about to where Tony's going to come out of a rift following the Sinister Six, sick his drones down on everything. He's going to be the god switch. Okay. Is this what you thought before I said this, or did this all come to you just now? No, no, I've been thinking this. Okay, cool. No, that's a good bet. That's a good bet. Now... I will not be even one one percent surprised if I'm completely wrong. I would not be the oh, slightest bit surprised. Yeah. But it's going to happen in some Marvel movie eventually. Yes. Just like that. He is going to be the oh fuck, we've dug ourselves into a hole. How do we get out of this? I've got it. Iron Man. <laughs> Boom. Done. All right. But Black I am Widow the savior of this movie. Black Widow was anyway, good. Black Widow, I enjoyed. Yes. It's among the better of the solo. Marvel character movies. Okay. I'd put it above Ant-Man and Thor, definitely. Okay. Uh, Escape Room. The Tournament s- of Champions. The second one? Yeah. Oh, Tournament of Champions. Okay. That's the second one. Uh, we didn't mind the first one. What'd you, I what'd did you not realize of? there was a first one going into this one. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I didn't even realize it was so, a sequel when I was going into the theater. So when you found out it was a game for rich people, that must have been a surprise? Yeah. 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 It was fun. Okay. I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was a dumb, fun movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's like Saw. Yeah, exactly. It's a new version of Saw. Yeah. Continue. Uh, Forever Purge. Okay. I, meh. Okay. I mean, it's what not, I thought. It's not a bad movie. Okay. And it, but it was definitely a movie of the time. Mm, yeah. I've noticed that from the, from the um, promotions. Yeah. Spiral Saw, meh, it's a Saw movie. Okay. If you enjoy Saw movies, you're going to enjoy Spiral Saw. This is actually something that we can actually bridge onto what I want to, something that I saw too, so let's talk about it. Uh, okay. Chris Rock in a dramatic role. Did it work? In Spiral for you. For me, it did. Okay. I didn't, um, after a while I forgot, I forgot it was Chris Rock. Good. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Anything, you know. You need the point on there to push the thing. Okay, continue. So, yeah, it worked for me. I because eventually I didn't even think of Chris Rock being there. 
being present. I just saw it as a detective. Um, Conjuring, double made me do it. Before you get off of that one. Sorry, my mechanical pencil broke everyone. That was an issue while I was trying to, like, keep notes and do stuff. Um, Fargo season four features uh, Chris Rock as one of the mob pinheads. Neat. Like, mob, not pinhead, but, like, mob head basically he is the head of a made man he's a made man yeah okay he's one of the he's the head of one of the mob bosses uh or mob families and it worked it was there's a point in fargo where he loses his shit and whips someone and i was i i also forgot it was chris rock in that role which means Mm -hmm. he's doing pretty good if you're not laughing at him absolutely basically comedic actors make the best dramatic actors they do because they know how to make you laugh even if you don't want to mm-hmm. they also know how to make you cry even if you don't want to boom and there it is and that's why so i i think that um fargo season four really good i liked it way more and i paid way more attention to it than fargo season three never captured me season four i thought was way better especially in its timeline so that was pretty cool nice did it like that so um anyways i just wanted to hop in on on chris rock being a good you know comedic and i will always be thanks to robin williams a big proponent of like we should get more comedic actors to do drama because i think they are good at it too absolutely every comedic actor absolutely knocks it out of the park when it comes to dramatic roles yes every one of them yes um conjuring double made me do it i was disappointed as was i okay Okay. Quiet Place 2. Even quieter. Even quieter. And the nail made a cameo. That godforsaken nail, nail. I know Fuck you hate the nail. nail and the way it sticks up. It Fuck makes no sense. Nail. It's it's stupid. It's asinine. It yeah. just makes... Mm. Yeah. And that's uh, that movie um, in theaters is the reason I haven't gone back to the theater since April. Really? Or May. Yes. You saw it in the theater and said, that's it? Yep. I'm not going back? Yes. What happened at your viewing to make you do this? Uh, um, the uh, theater, super respectful audience. Awesome audience. Everyone's quiet watching the movie. I was like, wow, it's actually happening. No one's texting w- with their fucking, uh, without their phone on silent. No one's talking. No one's taking pictures with the fucking flash on. What happened was when the doors to the theater opened, and the gossipy girl was talking at a 9 out of 10 down the hallway. The fucking employee of the theater comes in yapping so loud that it sounded like she was next to us in a theater, which is the quiet place. I went down. I caught them at the end of the hallway. And I said out loud for everyone to hear, you know what movie this is? She goes, what? I'm like, do you know what movie this is? Oh, it's a, it's a quiet place. And I'm like, yeah. Shh. <laughs> and I went back <laughs> and I half expected if anyone was feeling the same way I was, I half expected applause on my way back to my fucking seat, but uh, not as many people care about if it was opening night, that would have happened for sure. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. So, um, it's, I don't, I'm tired of losing the immersion. Immersion is a big deal for me when I watch movies. And that's when you, we boil it down. If I can't be immersed by a movie I watch, that is a big problem for me. Watching movies on HBO Max and Disney Plus at release has made for a great option for me to be able to watch a movie uninterrupted flawlessly. Nice. So, and at least if something does interrupt me, 
I can pause the fucking movie. That's true. I don't have to worry about missing a good part, missing a integral plot moment, uh, like I did in A Quiet Place 1. So, the movie itself, great fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a part two. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was such a part two. It was such a part two. Did it? Was there anything in that movie that that grinded your gears the way that fucking nail did in the first one though not the way the nail did you know no. i love that opening sequence though when there's like the asteroid and they're like freaking out and they're like oh it's time to go yeah oh my god what an opening sequence did you i watched the the behind the scenes where i figured out that like it, while they were inside of the car where she was in reverse and the bus is coming towards them yeah um, that the camera mount inside of the car got knocked askew and started zooming in on her face on accident. Wow. That was unintentional. She kept going, of course. Of course. And they kept it because nice. it was so cool. Excellent. Yeah. Happy accidents. Gotta love them happy accidents. It's true. Yeah. So, but I was not, there was nothing in there that stuck out to me like that fucking nail. There was no issues like that. That's good. Um. Overall, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need a Quiet Place 3, but we'll see. Oh, they're going to do it. I know. You know they're going to do it. I know. Yeah. Continue. Yes. So, next on the list, Cruella. Watched it. That was a pretty good two-thirds. It was better than I was expecting. Same. I Funny. I was I was expecting way worse. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I was From like... From a movie that. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um. It renewed an idea that fashion is art to me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was not expecting that much fashion i should have mm-hmm. i was not and so that was a pleasant little part of the movie i guess i i appreciate that that's how they took the cruella storyline was that it was more about the fashion world yeah because I didn't know where the fuck they were going to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how they were going to do this yeah. and make it enjoyable. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Awesome. So, Christy really enjoyed it. Naturally. Yeah. She was all on board. She's watched it twice since. Yes. I was like, all right, go go for it. No, it's a good movie. I, I paid to see that one early at home. Yeah. I thought it was good. Decent. All right. And no, more than anything, exactly what you said. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yes. Now, the one shocker to me, which probably shouldn't have been, on HBO Max, Promising Young Woman. Yeah. I did not expect that to be as good as it was. Oh. What's the premise of that one? So this girl that was in med school and dropped out to care for a friend is... Going out to bars and stumbling all over herself, spilling drinks, slurring her words and everything. And a guy picks her up, takes her home, gets her in a compromising position. And then she goes, what are you doing right now? Snaps completely out of it. And now these guys are like, oh, shit, you're not pass out, fall down drunk. Fuck, now I have to try. (sighs) Okay, I'm down. And so it is a comedy. It first, is no, it's right? a commentary no. on it's it's is almost it like a, a suspe- it's more like a suspense thriller. Oh. Because okay. this girl is going to these guys 
places. They don't go to her place. She goes to their place. And then they start their process. And she's like, and she snaps on them. And they, it's, it's really, really interesting the way this falls because there's, there's some guys that are just decent guys. They're just like, okay, you're at your house. Yes. I got you here safely. Get into your home. Hopefully I see you again one day. And then they leave. Wow. And then there's some guys that they're like, you know, you're not too far from my place. Let's, uh, let, let's just have one more drink. And she's going, no, no, I can't. You know, she is making her consent very well known. Mm. And they are continuing on their path. And then when she snaps out of it and they're like, please, I'm a good guy. She's like, you're a good guy, huh? So all those times that I was saying no and you just slid my panties off, that was being a good guy to you. Wow. And the, the direction, the direction it goes, the reasoning for her doing this. Yes. It's a journey. Okay. It's a journey worth watching. Definitely check out Promising Young Woman. Okay. On HBO Max. It'll be easy for me. Yes. Those are my movies. Those are your movies? Those are my movies. And your shows? You good? The shows? Um, I covered clickbait. Uh, there's two seasons of a show called Imposters mm-hmm. on Netflix. Continue. Which is very good. Okay. I enjoyed it greatly. Okay. Guy has this loving relationship and everything and then one day he goes to work and he goes to use his credit card and there are no funds and he's like what the hell so then he checks his bank his bank account is empty yeah he's like what the fuck is going on he gets home house is empty and there is a website written on the freezer and so when he goes to the website there is a video of his wife going it's time for a conversation you will never see me again oh no you will recover (laughs) you will love again but now i'm going to need you to look in the freezer and so he goes and he looks in the freezer and there's an envelope and he opens the envelope and he pulls out the contents and she says if you attempt to find me if you attempt to reclaim what you've lost, if you make any attempt to come after me, report this to the police, anything, this will be spread on the internet. This will be spread among all of your contacts. This will be spread among all of your family. Okay. Everyone will know the contents of this envelope. Okay. I wish you well in your future endeavors. Click over. So he's like, well, shit. Yeah. And then he finds out that every one of his accounts is empty. Anything he had of value is gone. Yes. There are three mortgages on his house. Oh, no. Basically, he's been taken for close to $850,000. Oh, gosh. Okay. And just gone. Left destitute. Left. Okay. Interesting. So then. But he's got dirt. Somebody's got dirt on him mm-hmm. and his family. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Five weeks later, he's sitting there with a noose around his neck on his couch. Somebody's pounding at the door going, part of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Mm-hmm. He goes, talks to the guy, and the guy goes, I'm looking for my wife. Oh! I'm hooked. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So. What else? That's a good show. Check that one out. Uh, watched Glitch. Cool. That's a interesting one uh, i can't necessarily yeah it's a show on okay. netflix it's got like three seasons or maybe more i'm not sure it was it was a decent enough watch i'm not itching to go back and watch it again or find anything else like it it okay. was interesting as a concept um saw the white lotus yeah i didn't know what to think of it okay the whole time watching it I don't know what to think of it watching from the outside because that's an HBO show. It is an HBO show. And, it, and I'm like, it looks dramatic, but it looks funny. They're saying it's a comedy, but it looks like it's a drama. It's a dramatic, it's a dramatic comedy okay. or a comedic drama. Yeah. One of those two. I couldn't figure it out. Okay. Cause there were par- parts of it that were like funny, but like morbidly funny. Yeah. And then there were parts of it that were dramatic, but like morbidly dramatic. It was, it was a, it's a weird one. Okay. Definitely odd. Okay. It was decidedly better than nine perfect strangers, but that could be said for a lot of things because nine perfect strangers was kind of meh to me. Okay. That was one that it was like every episode you're waiting for it to get better Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of talent there. So there's no reason that it shouldn't be better. Yes. And the parts with though, with that talent were great but ultimately it's kind of i couldn't tell you couldn't tell you anything i saw yeesh yeah okay that's my show that's my watch list what you got nice uh i got a bladder full of piss me too okay we got a fucking holy moly what you got i i um an empty bladder now i i have a couple of shows did you finish (sighs) brooklyn 99 yet i think so but i'm not sure because they were dropping episodes, I think. They were dropping episodes incredibly quickly. Did you see the final heist? I don't think so. There was a final heist. I think you would have known if you finished it because they did a lot of things in the show for it to be a very fi- f- final finale. Okay. So you might have seen the one where... Uh, I think the last thing I saw... Captain Holt renews his vows with his husband, Kevin Costner. The last thing I saw on it. Well, I mean, I won't spoil it anyway because it's just like super new. I was just curious to what extent you saw. But ultimately, the final episode has proven to be a very self-aware. They had to go back and rewrite some episodes after um, the Black Lives Matter and what happened to George Floyd last year um, when he was murdered by a police officer. But the, uh, uh, the biggest thing... I think at least for Brooklyn Nine-Nine is that they took all that. They put that into account when they made their new episode and or their new season. And they had a lot of of basically police accountability um, in their show and the way they wanted to uphold that. And it actually worked out very good, sometimes in a way that it was bittersweet. Good. Um, where Where things went wrong, but they made a pretty good statement on their way out, which is that police need to be held accountable for their actions. Okay. When they're out of hand. I thought that was pretty good. And without getting too deep into politics, the very last episode, none of that shit. All antics in the last episode. Pure 
like pure unfiltered comedy. And that makes me happy yet sad about the show because of how well it was constructed and everything. Like True. the humor in the show was never about the. I mean, it's tough to describe, really. Yeah. Because like the humor was still their, in the characters it and their never jumped the shark. It never jumped the shark. Everyone no. stayed true to their character, yet they evolved. True. That and as they evolved as characters and everything, it never broke the mold, never changed, never shifted. Yes. So, I mean, people could get married and yet the storylines and the subject matter stayed the same. True. The character development stayed the same. It wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden we've got this dynamic that we have to write in. No, you can keep things going. And they were very, very good at doing that. Yes. And as I'm thinking about the last thing I remember seeing was Amy competing for a stroller with her ex boyfriend, something like that. The guy she was the guy that would not stop proposing to her. Yeah. Um, competing for a stroller. They that were was, like that a, was the very last episode. That was. Yeah. Okay. Okay, then I saw it. So then, okay, cool. Uh, uh, I, I, apparently, I have to watch it again. Um, somewhat competing for a stroller? I don't know. Yeah, it's still, n- no. I mean, he was in the last episode, but that's because everyone was in the last episode. Right. I mean, everyone was in the last episode. Right. But you would, I mean, you know, and again, we can't get into spoilers without really talking, you know, get get into talking about it without going into spoilers. But Brooklyn Nine-Nine is over, and I thought it ended pretty good. Yeah. Um, I f- watched Watchmen, and I don't remember if I got to bring this up on a previous episode, but it's phenomenal. It is a phenomenal limited series. Did you finish it? Not yet. Okay. Um, I definitely, I would go. <laughs> if I'm, were, I'm, holy I'm, shit, it's I've good. started watching it. Again? Like, okay, cool, ju- cool, cool, Jumping back in, I'm midway through the second episode, I want to say. Cool. And holy fuck. Buckle up. Yeah. It gets crazier and fucking crazier, dude. Um, I watched Atlanta season two. It, it still Atlanta, still an amazing show. Um, still can't watch it, but okay. It was why? Why can't you watch it? Oh, because of my uh, issues with Georgia. Okay, in makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, we we spent a lot of time on Handmaid's Tale. Oh, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. It by golly is that a stressful show? To watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these poor girls that are uh, um, in a post-apocalyptic environment, uh, uh, sequestered and made into it is it is Christian tyranny at its at a a full frontal assault and dominance, and it is terrifying. But it is also liberating to watch these girls kind of break through. Watch Offred, uh, Elizabeth Moore. Elizabeth Moss. Moss, thank you. Elizabeth Moss's character uh, breakthrough is is this kind of um, hero character. But then also watch, they do a very good job of balancing in the show people getting theirs, the bad guys getting theirs at the same time as, you know, others. I, I would hope and pray and just push bigger than shit. If you are affected by The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. definitely read the works of Margaret Atwood. Yeah, I was going to say. All of the works of Margaret Atwood are fucking brilliant. Are they? She is what else does she write? such an excellent writer. Um, the book that I read over and over of hers is called The Edible Woman. Oh, okay. 
She is the feminist voice in science fiction that is just really, really tough to compete with. She is such a brilliant writer. She is she is prolific. She is amazing. Damn. Read everything she writes. The Heard. Edible Woman was spectacular. It's about a woman who gets engaged, and once she gets engaged, she finds herself losing weight mm-hmm. and barely able to eat. Her relationship is consuming her. Oh, wow. Literally. It's damn a already ride. a premise. I it's to see. I don't I don't even want to discuss it even more. Just read the book. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. And everything she writes is just that fucking good. Oh, okay. uh, she's an amazing writer. Um, It was just nice to watch Handmaid's Tale and have a show that my wife really got into. Like, yeah. that she was like, holy shit. And she watched a lot of it without me. She couldn't stop. She was, this is one of the shows she could not stop fucking watching without Same. me. Because I would pass out. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. Um, if I passed out on the couch, she would like. Uh oh, I watched four episodes. Sorry. Yeah. And I'll be like, it's fine. You got to sit through them again. And she'd be like, honestly, that's okay. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, the drama. I had such a hard time getting into it just this season, not because of anything against the show. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle more dystopia in the midst of the pandemic. True. I could not get entertainment from dystopia and so it was really really tough for yeah. me to get into and watch but i did i see that that's why i don't want to watch the forever purge yeah more than anything it's just because like i'm like uh, why i really don't want to watch popular i don't want to watch media kind of joking about you know things that could come incredibly close like the way they did on january 6th during the attempted insurrection at the Capitol. Yeah. That that was a little too that was a little too crazy. So yeah. that's part of the reason I'm just kind of like, we can't really joke about those things because they're a little close to reality. But I digress. Exactly. That's not this podcast. Um here's one. I watched reality TV, three seasons of it. Show called Destination Fear. It's on Discovery Plus, and it is produced by Zach Baggins whom I feel can be a little bit more dramatic than necessary in his shows about the paranormal, of course. Um, Definitely go to great lengths to say that the sound that he thought he smelled that was a lot, smelled a lot like the color blue, might have been a ghost. And it's when you draw those those really, really long experiences exasperated you know grasping at straws to find paranormal activity that i'm like i can't take this show there's another show that we started watching um that had a little bit of a cgi fake little blur of something a guy said i thought i saw something up there and whoever edited it or told the producer there they put a blur a cgi blur in the show to turn it off immediately i was like okay so you guys aren't legitimate explorers this is this i'm sorry as soon as you put anything anything like that fake in the show it is immediately not real. And the biggest thing, the, the the funnest part about things that are paranormal is the idea that they're going to be fucking real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, which is why I really enjoy Destination Fear because they are really 
more of themselves. It is a gentleman named Dakota Layden, his sister Chelsea Layden, a gentleman named Tanner, and the last guy who I feel like would be upset with me that I um, forgot his name because I can't remember their names off the top of my head. But um, it's fun. Alex, there we go, um, who's the, the video guy. And they will go to a place in a camper. They do a little bit of research and then they uh, stay the night in the place. Okay. After picking the scariest locations, drawing them out of a hat and setting up cots separately, they sleep by themselves in the middle of a hallway. Okay. Of the scariest places on fucking earth. Okay. And there have been some good fucking episodes where they're hearing actual, like, voices loud enough that they can both hear it on different points. Um, they can uh, – they've caught a decent amount of evidence, but they are not consistently catching evidence, which tells me that they are not incredibly um, worried about finding something every episode to the point that I can't trust them to – not exaggerate findings. Okay. That's why I like the show. Okay. More than anything, it's what they do to themselves. Yeah. In in the setting, in the ghost, you know, hunting setting, they'll do fucked up. <laughs> they they like to prank each other a lot, which is also kind of funny because they'll have walkie talkies and then they'll go, "Hey, you there?" Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly the fuck what out I of would each see other. Exactly. Going on, you know, yeah. everybody's sleeping in their yeah. own hallway and everything. I can imagine one guy going, "Well, it's kind of quiet." My turn for hijinks. Right, exactly. No, and they they don't fuck with each other a ton that it ruins the show, but they do prank each other, and it's kind of hilarious when that shit happens. So they're being themselves, they're being funny, and they're adding to the show because I like them as people. Cool. They're funny as hell when they prank each other and they do things. They uh, do activities on their way into a hunt, so they'll go paintballing, they'll go um, jet skiing, play some hockey, yeah. Like and and do these things that make me like them and then they they get silly even during hunts. Um if they they'll get the shit scared out of them by a fucking bird. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's a, it was a bird dumb birds. Right. Like, you know. So they do that stuff and it's funny. So I mean there's a lot of personality there that honestly is adding oomph back into shows that I thought were not good to watch anymore. Nice. And it makes me glad that Destination Fear is its own breed of excellence in the genre of reality TV paranormal. Cool. Yes. Good deal. It's the best deal. Excellent. Um, We finally watched you. Which How you, dare you? You talked about this. you, um, the show you on Netflix. You talked yeah. about you um, a couple years ago. Yeah. Season two came out before the pandemic. Season three is about to come out here in yeah. like two weeks. Hot damn is that show good. Yep. In the way that, oh, I don't like liking this guy. He's yep. so terrible. But he's Dexter also, as a romantic comedy. Basically, that's exactly what it is. Yep. And and this is the best fix for Dexter since, you know what I would tell someone? Watch the first four seasons of Dexter, call it good, and move on to you. Because, like, oh my gosh, this has been the closest fix to you that I can think of since... You know, like, this is the closest fix of Dexter that I've had since Dexter. And I've watched all kinds of shows where there's anti-heroes in them with right. the Sons of Anarchy or the, you know, like, yeah. the gritty crime drama, whatever. Um, yeah, the post-Sopranos post dramas. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that was part 
particularly impressive um, to watch you. And I wasn't as in love with the second season, not that it stopped the second season from having its own amount of plot twists that made me kind of like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, and keep watching it um, kind of like devolve as it went. So um, looking forward to season three. Yep. Especially. Um, I watched a couple of animes, one called Demon Slayer. Which is taking the world by storm. It's right on now. my list it's, of to watch. It's pretty good. Um, it has my favorite anime character of all time. Um, my favorite anime character of all time was General Armstrong of Full Metal Alchemist. It was because well, you no, know no, that. no, no. That's fair. Yeah. That is totally fair. Yes, um, absolutely. There's a new one called Inosuke, and you'll find out why. He wears a boar head, and he is the most arrogant motherfucker in the history of anime that i've watched at least and i adore him (laughs) because he is so silly and stupid but also a badass um it's it's you know you'll find the more anime you watch Uh uh-huh there's always an armstrong yeah in every anime there's always one armstrong you're not wrong you're not wrong, but um, so the anime of it is really good. Um, great animation. The movie that just came out, fucking amazing. The uh, I had to download the Shonen Jump app so I could read the manga. I want to see the rest of it and kind mm-hmm. of see how it goes. Granted, the anime can change from the manga as it pleases, yep. but um, I see why there is so much outrage about it. It's the basic premise is uh, you know just the normal um, boy's family killed by a demon. Um, his sister was bitten and becoming a demon. And when a demon hunter tries to put her down, um, he fights the demon slayer and the demon slayer says, fine, if you won't let me kill her, I'll have to remove you too. And that is when as a demon, this thing that is supposed to be a bloodthirsty killer comes in between the demon slayer and her brother. Yeah, I'm on board. Yep. (laughs) And so he has to keep her out of the sunlight. So he keeps her in a little box Nice. On his back. And he takes her around um, until the Demon Slayer Guild finds out that he's not only a Demon Slayer, but his sister is a demon. And he's trying to find a way to um, turn her back to a human. Nice. So the story expands. It's good. And the manga is good. And it just excites the shit out of me. Season three is coming out in October or December. The third um, arc has probably been my favorite. It's nutty, but it is so good. Nice. Yes. Um, uh, I'm looking through. We fi- we watch and we finish Shit's Creek. Excellent, amazing show. Not gonna really dig into it because I don't want to keep here people here forever talking about shows. Um, Shit's Creek. I I feel like everyone at this rate kind of knows it's good and needs to watch it. Yes, becomes a very sentimental comedy as Absolutely. well. Something that initially just looks like a very passable comedy, but I'm so glad I took a chance on Shit's Creek. Oh yeah. And became enraptured with it and um, fell in love with it. Vikings, I watched the entirety of. How's that? Vikings is a very good one-note show. Okay. Very, very enjoyable show about these Vikings being Vikings and doing what they do because they're Vikings. Interesting when, you know, uh, the uh, uh, main character and his hot-ass wife, who 
is a shield maiden. Viking women fucking fight, okay? Mm. Fuck Daenerys Stormborn, okay? <laughs> Fuck Brienne of Tarth. These women and Vikings, that is one of the coolest parts of Vikings, in my opinion. The women get out there and they fucking fight. Yeah. Like, first or second episode, these guys show up and try to, like, make their take their way with, with uh, uh, Ragnar Lothbrook's wife while he's out adventuring. And she's like, come on in. She's like, come on in, guys. Let's him in the house and beats the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's fun to watch. Um, and then it's always cool in a way to watch these history shows where characters are their own characters. And that's why it's kind of a big deal when Ragnar Lothbrook brings back a wife from a different continent. And she says she's not down with it. She fucking leaves. Yeah. And his son chooses to go with her. That's why it's pretty interesting when 10 years later in the next season, his son is a grown ass man choosing to fight with him. But his wife is the leader of her own settlement. Oh, yeah. And it creates pretty interesting dichotomies. So um, it was good. I will say, like, I had to take breaks in between seasons because from season to season to season, they were not the most interesting thing to watch. It, It is not bingeable. I would say the story. So that means it's actually pretty decent then. Yeah. Because typically the worse a show is, the easier it is to binge because it, if you lose your momentum, mm-hmm. you don't have the will to go back. Yeah. Orange is the new black is like that. Fair if, enough. If you don't have the, if you don't have the momentum going, then it's easy to just yeah put it down and never pick it back up. It's true. The first arc is mainly about, you know, um, Travis Fimmel's character and uh, who's Ragnar Lothbrok, who has his own. But then he has sons. And the second arc is about um, his sons, including Ivar the Boneless, who is popular in history for actually having um, the bone issues, the fragile bone disease. Right. I can't think of off the top of my head um, the name for it. Mr. Glass. Uh, Mr. Glass, exactly. He's Mr. Glass, um, but becomes a Viking leader. Nice. So it's it's very interesting in that that respect. Another anime I watched was Cowboy Bebop. Nice. I've watched a couple of them over time, but I never sat down to actually finish in finish them. Being in an you know office uh, riddled with anime fans. Right. There was no way around it. It was at the top of my actual list on a whiteboard list of animes we're supposed to watch. So okay. I watch Cowboy Bebop and I am so fucking ready for this live action show to come out. Nice. Um, because the show itself was good. It looks like the show is very worried about capturing the same magic uh, while also retaining its own personality. And for that reason, for instance, the intro they just released has the exact same music in it, the exact same style. And snippets of my favorite episodes, characters from my favorite episodes. I'm like, damn, this first season probably going to be lit. And nice. a real corgi. Nice. It is not a CGI corgi. All right. I'm here for it. Looks like the exact same corgi that played Trickers? Cheddar. Cheddar? Cheddar at the end of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. Because unfortunately the original one passed away. Right. So the new one though is there and it makes me wonder if it's the same one. <laughs> and it is a cute little corgi. Yeah. So hey, if they're doing it right, they don't, it's not, they didn't whitewash the whole fucking cast. Super cool. John Cho is like. All right. I'm here for it. All right. John Cho, right? I'm on board. I'll check it out. Is that his name? Yes. Okay, thank you. I was worried for a second. I didn't remember his name. He's my favorite. He's awesome. Exactly. It was Sulu. Godzilla versus Kong. Um, How was that? How was it? 
No, it's not. You still haven't seen it? No. Oh. Um, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. All right. It was monsters fucking fighting each other. Okay. Getting down to the nitty gritty. Okay. And then, you know, I mean, you can um, probably guess exactly the plot of the movie and how it would go. Um, there is a definitive winner, but we know they're both not bad guys and there needs to be a bad guy. Right. Who do you think the bad guy was? Man. Yes, not a bad example. I mean, I could tell you and it might get you on board. All right. How about Mechagodzilla? <laughs> and, it, and it works. Okay. You on board? Sure. <laughs> I got you. Really? Uh, I mean, I'll watch it. I, I don't have anything against Godzilla, um, but I don't have a lot going for it to drive me to watch it either. That makes sense. I will say that really the largest proponent was something that was my favorite sequence of the film was the uh, Earth Under the Earth. There is a sequence where they go to where Kong is supposed to be from. And he walks from his land. So they get basically into this this land underneath the land. And the sky is full of earth because it is a circle, circular dome with its own gravity pull. So at one point he gets to a cliff and he looks up at the cliff above him and he gets a running start and he is able to flip and then gravity pulls him down to the top neat very cool part of the 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 movie that i feel is a little underrated is okay that they created a really cool world within the world and then the fights that go on in there were pretty intense so nice it's um, kind of like a sub-earth yes there's a name for it but i forgot because i just haven't watched it since the fights though brutal watching godzilla and kong throw down brutal as hell they beat the shit out of each other Nice. And that makes it pretty cool. All right. So. Okay. Until they have to gang up on Mechagodzilla. Spoilers for a movie that's been out for five months. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, seven months. Yeah. You made me watch Godzilla. You were like, you must watch Godzilla. Watch Godzilla. Here's Godzilla. Go ahead and watch Godzilla. Go ahead and watch Godzilla. And I was like, fine. Fuck it. I'll watch Godzilla. I watched Godzilla. You did. I guess. I don't remember a bit of it. None of it stuck. But you liked it. I was on board with it when I was watching it. I was yeah. like, all right, this is cool. Yes. Don't remember a thing. Fair enough. Uh, I saw some complaints online that people would be like, oh, this movie sucked. Where's the human element? And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> the first movie had so much human element in it and still had cool monster fights. And everyone bitched there wasn't enough monster fighting. So the next movie and the next movie had a fuck ton of monster fighting in it. And then this movie is the fucking king of brawling fucking monsters. And now y'all want to bitch Mr. Human Element. Fuck off. Fuck. This is the, the internet is a cesspool of fucking negativity and I'm tired of it. I am tired of it. Suck my dick, internet. If That's you're going very, onto the internet to complain, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck. Just don't do it. Just don't complain. Make the internet a better place by not sharing your shitty fucking opinion. People going on saying, ooh, Cowboy Bebop does not look good. Man, this looks like it's going to be fucking cheese. You have a legitimate argument that you fucking offered to me when I started showing you at birthday dinner the Cowboy Bebop. And you're like, what about Full Metal Alchemist? You were like, we should know better. And I was like, well, look at the quality behind this one fucking shot. I showed you 10 seconds of that fucking thing. And you were like, actually, holy shit, that looks kind of fucking dope. Mm -hmm. Because they care about the spirit of it. It is not a cash grab. Other people getting on the internet, this looks cringy. Fuck you. 
Fuck you. They're using the exact same theme song, the exact same style of fucking music for the intro. They're showing they have the fucking spirit of this, and they care what they're th- what we think. It is clearly not a cash grab, because if it was, it would be a masturbation jerk off of whatever they fucking wanted it to be. They, they do not need to do anything we wanted. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do anything in the original anime. They've got the money. They had the green light, and they went and they did it. Yep. They didn't have to do a fucking thing to make it good. And I watched the fucking intro to it, and I was so happy just from a fucking intro. Y'all want to take the internet, say it's cringy, say it's a fucking cash grab, say they need to stop adapting fucking anime into TV shows. Guess what? Anime into live action is almost like manga into anime. Shut the fuck up. Everything gets adapted. Be happy about something. Did we tear the Full Metal Alchemist movie to shreds? We sure did. Yeah, we did. We tore that to fucking shreds. Okay? Um, But that's because they didn't attempt. That was a cash grab. It was just a cash grab, and we knew that. Y'all saying that something looks like an actual attempt at a good TV show? We When you watch the previews for like that Full Metal Alchemist, any fucking anime to movie... Um. It looks crappy. Honestly, 90% of live action anime that I've seen has done the full circle to where it has become so bad that it is awesome. Yeah. So bad that it's awesome. But, you know, there's that. But also, it's in the hands of Netflix. Yeah. Production by Netflix. Netflix, like, will not put out good shows on, or will not put out bad shows unless the content about them is so bad that they know that the audience base isn't going to give a shit if it's a bad show or not. Looking at you, reality yeah, TV. That's, I digress. That's kind of a <laughs> that's kind of a fair point. Yeah. Yes, Netflix ain't go- about to put out something that's not worth because even though the Dark Crystal did not get renewed, Dark Crystal. Age of Resistance, fucking uh, phenomenal show. I'm so upset that they didn't renew it. Netflix, reconsider, renew that shit. That shit was awesome. Hey, maybe they could sell it over to like uh, Disney Plus where that show would fucking explode as well. That's a fair point. Boom. Uh, so anyways, Cowboy Bebop was fucking amazing. Um, I, I feel like, listen, we got Godzilla versus Kong. They give us what we fucking want and we get it. Don't complain. I got big monsters fighting in Metropolises. Fucking great it was um i watched the entirety of deadwood finally and then the deadwood movie it was okay all right it was a lot more the 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 shows are not as good as being from one to one to one episode as crazy as like game of thrones was for instance where like at least every other episode something crazy happened deadwood unfortunately like was very largely about the life and dialogue in that situation in the same way that Sopranos was. I thought Sopranos was boring as hell. Okay. I understand why Sopranos was a good show. As far as my tastes are concerned, I wish some more things happened. Same thing with Deadwood. Okay. But that's why things get me hard. Yeah. Let me go. Let me let me tell you like that. You know what makes me fucking hard, Rich? TV movies. Movies adapted from television shows. When you get to see television in a film medium. Okay. Downton Abbey, the movie. Yeah. Way better than it had any fucking right to be. Okay. Deadwood, the movie. Also, way better than it had any right to be. And it's cool because they get to really wrap up some loose ends while they do these things. Um, While they make their TV movies. 
Which is also very cool. That actually reminds me that I still have to watch the uh, Breaking Bad movie, whatever it's called. El Camino. El Camino. I still have to watch El Camino. Rock hard. El Camino is so fucking good. Fury Road, El Camino. <laughs> I will watch Night House and Promising Young Fine, Woman. I'll watch Fury Road. I have it. El Camino have comes it. before Fury I mean, Road I have still. It digitally, I, I, I can watch it whenever. I just good. haven't. It's pretty good. Yeah, it, it is the best Charlize Theron movie. It's kind of why I think I'm Who's off on watching it. I'm not sure. Oh, fair enough. Because it's like, I know it's going to be good. So it's like, you know, whenever I need something to watch that's that going to be good. you know be worth. Yeah. I'm going to watch that. Um, watching lots of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> because we, you know, it's a grind for sure. We've come on and off of watching it a lot just because we either haven't had time or another show comes out. And we're like, okay, we'll get back to the fucking 1800 seasons of fucking Always Sunny when we get around to it. But it finally got to a rate where we can't stop watching it. Right. For instance, episodes where they find the glory hole in the bathroom and they're like figuring out the the way a glory hole works in a men's only restroom. And Dee is trying desperately to point out to to her brother and her father that there is a man on the other side of the fucking (laughs) of the fucking uh, uh, hole. And that's when you get to hear Danny DeVito say things like, well, that's his problem. (laughs) (laughs) And they're being completely fine with fucking. I love that show just, so much that I have never regularly watched. It. Yeah, I'll yeah. always catch an episode here or there, and it's always solid fucking gold. It is, but I've never sat down and watched it oh, like back to back to back. Like, and it seems like I catch the same five episodes whenever I do find yeah. like watch it. Yeah, like the dick towel. Yes, just epic, hilarious. Love it. Never sat down and watched the whole Yeah, show. it's hard. It's yeah. rough. But, you know, hopefully they get hopefully they get to do one of those uh, TV movies for them. That'd be good for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, speaking of TV movies, last night I watched The Many Saints of Newark. How's that? The prequel movie to Sopranos. And it's fucking great. I loved it. I really did. How would you feel about it had you never watched The Sopranos? And that is the next most important part. Wouldn't have given two shits. Wouldn't have understood the significance of anything in that fucking movie. This movie might be... It is a prequel. You cannot watch this movie without watching the show. You just cannot because everything that happens to these characters is of zero fucking significance. Except for the main character who is the father of one of the characters in the show. Um, and they tell his story because it is in fact, its own little spinoff. Um, and you you shut up Siri. I wasn't fucking talking to you. It is a spinoff. And uh, listen again, like phenomenal movie. And part of the reason I watch it and I've talked about this before in the way Sopranos bored me is that it is a lot of narcissism. It is a show about narcissists. Oh yeah. Sociopaths. Absolutely. And the way they will just continue to behave the way they behave. But it was really nice to get some enlightenment from these characters in the past, trying not to be these people, seeing why they become these things. Because while it was at its core still a story of what happened, it is also a story of how it happened. And not just in the way that, like, this is why this happened, but 
I really like it because it it really explores the mental facets of of these attempt these people attempting to be better in the past to each other even Tony's mother to himself and how that situation and I joked about this on an episode of when Daniel met Rich about how I will turn on the narcissist button and throw a fit about myself that's actually pointed at you right right um and seeing how you know these characters actually tried to be good to each other in the past and then failed yeah and it's really interesting to see if you can be introspective of those relationships um written of course by the creator of the Sopranos in the first place you can see how they end up basically treating each other the way they do. Mm-hmm. And there is a plot twist at the end that had me saying, holy fucking shit at the TV. And that should be enough for anyone who's, you know, even seen a little bit of Sopranos at least to go watch. Yeah. You know, which I, I think is pretty and a pretty a pretty important facet to be able to watch a movie at all. It was not just a top to bottom, but it did have its own cinematic qualities. Yeah inside of the film and Ray Liotta does laugh in the movie as an old man the exact way he did at uh in Goodfellas nice with that hard laugh when he's sitting back going the <laughs> um gift worthy meme worthy laugh nice he does it again in Sopranos and made me happy excellent yeah really probably the most important part was Michael Gandolfini's performance Yes. Michael Gandolfini is the son of James Gandolfini, who played Tony in the original Sopranos. So he played his father's role as a young man. And I thought I was watching James Gandolfini in his youth years as Tony. I'm sure. He did a fucking phenomenal job playing his dad. It helped that he looked like his dad a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, and the casting across the board, all of the people they cast as younger, younger characters... There are shows that do really half-ass casting, right? Trying to get people where they're like, "eh, it'll it'll suit." Maybe yeah. this person, maybe this person. They wanted to make sure we fucking recognize who that who that person was. So they're casting whether they had to add prosthetics to a face and do however they needed to do. They did it, and it worked. It was fucking awesome nice. seeing the younger versions of the characters and knowing exactly who they were based on the way they looked, not just how they talked or were addressed, right? So, um, ultimately, uh, yes, you're 100% right. If you haven't watched the show, I wouldn't watch that fucking movie. Okay. At all. (laughs) See, the reason I ask is because I'm one of those people that went and saw the movie Serenity without ever seeing or hearing about the show Firefly. Serenity did a better job than many Saints of Newark, though. That's for sure. Right. I was on board with the show, or I was on board with the movie, mm-hmm. despite not seeing the show. And then because I saw the movie, I was super on board with the show. Yes. Okay. And Many Saints enough, of Newark will not do this, by the way. There was enough distance between the two in the times of my viewing uh-huh. that I didn't, I wasn't like lost, or I wasn't, hmm, how is it? I enjoyed Wash and book in spite of quote unquote knowing their demise Mm -hmm. even though there was because there was enough distance there that i didn't even put the two and two together Mm -hmm. so that when i actually watched the show loved the show enjoyed the shit out of the show and then watched serenity again Mm -hmm. and then it just had a completely different impact to me yes 
Now, I enjoyed the shit out of the movie in spite of never seeing the show because that's the way it was written. That's the way it was shot. That's the True. interactions of these characters and everything that not one thing was lost on me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that with Many Saints of Newark. I'm going to no, have to go and watch not. Sopranos before I watch Many Saints of Newark. And that's largely it because there's, you know, there was all, there was a running thing in the show that no one knew how a character died. And we find out in this show how that character died. Okay. And it's a plot twist because the uh, the character who had said character killed. Yeah. And now there's no good characters in Sopranos, but he is not a bad guy. <laughs> okay. He's not the technical bad. It's really hard to say because I can't use names, but what is technically a protagonist, whether or not he is good or bad aligned. Um, it was it was a plot twist because it's actually a protagonist who had said character killed. Okay. If that is my own way of basically sharing without spoiling. Yeah, that was super convoluted. Yeah. That kind of still sucked me in. So we're all good. All right. That's all that matters. All I'm saying is when you finally watch Sopranos, you'll be like, okay, And then you go to watch the movie. You will also say, what the fuck at the end of the movie? Because that's what I did. Okay. Yes. See, the wife and I have been going through all of these shows and being like, oh, this is this is good. That's I mean, hence why I've watched Clickbait, Imposters, Glitch, uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, White Lotus, all these shows I'm trying to get into with the wife because our tastes are so skewed. We're desperate for common ground. Yes. I'm wondering if I can get her into The Sopranos now. A female got me into the first season of The Sopranos. Mm. So I'm wondering if this is something we can attempt. It, yeah, it's a, it might, um, it might work because, frankly, there is a lot of drama now. There is a lot of um, speech. That's kind of the thing you might have to watch with the subtitles on in the way that like I would do it with with my wife in the way that they use a lot of terminology that if you do not watch mob flicks, you will not know. Right. You know what Gabagool is. You will, you know their their reference to Fettuccine Alfredo being like Fettuccine Alfred, and like right. you know not clearly yeah, in heavy, that. You know it's but, heavy Italian. Yeah. Um. So and not necessarily <laughs> Italian, but it's heavy Sicilian. Yes. Um. Using not only their that and their Jersey fuck their fucking Jersey accents. Right. Are so. When I started watching The Many Saints of Newark, I had to rewind the very beginning to to actually understand a line that the that uh, 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 Dickie Moltisanti says in the beginning. Okay, I had to rewind it, and I've watched this show. I know their their fucking accents. I know exactly how they like to talk. Right. Give me the gabagool over there. I got some gabagool. Tony got the gabagool. Thank you very much. Yes. Would you like to meet my cousin Marie? Now, you get way into the accents a lot more than me or my wife, actually. Fair so. enough, because I get, yeah. I drive Sarah nuts right. with that shit. Right. Listen, these movies are good. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the rampant screaming outside of the uh, den of bricks here is kind of our signal to go before they come to the garage door and continue to scream. Perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. We've done enough talking about this, but... We will have the next episode be about video games because, well, uh, Rich has played a lot of video games. Have you not? Have. You've played a lot of video games. He's gotten into more video games than he has in the past. Yep. I was able to acquire a PS5. 
the next Just generation hard. console. And I will tell you all about it on the next episode of Excitement Inc. Thank you for joining us. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. And with that, patreon.com slash Excitement Inc. Yep. I told Support you. us. I told Financially. You Emotionally. Yeah. Spiritually. Help us buy better camera equipment. Sexually. Because if you're watching on YouTube, you can tell this is a shitty webcam. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs>